Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Please do check out KarenHager.com for upcoming classes and events, and you can follow me on Instagram where I'm Fog City Psychic. I post jigsaw puzzle updates. I'm working right now on this really cool Elena Essex puzzle. Uh, called Night Reef, which is all these beautiful kind of iridescent sea creatures against a black background. It's I thought it would be difficult when I started the puzzle, and it's turned out to be difficult. So <laughs> you can go to Instagram where I'm Fog City Psychic and maybe see pictures of the Night Reef slowly in progress. I also post photos of Maisie the dog and updates about the podcast and whatever other wacky things I feel like posting. We are back from a brief hiatus. I put the podcast on hold uh, in October and we're back. And in today's show, I'll be answering some listener questions. So it's a listener mailbag episode today, no guest. But I want to start with a personal update. Why did the show go on hiatus? What the heck is going on over here? Well, in October, my wife of 37 years, my partner of 37 years, I think we've been married maybe 10 years now. But my partner of 37 years was diagnosed with a rare and very aggressive form of cancer. I'm not going to tell you the name of the cancer because I don't want you to Google it. Because when I Googled it, I got so scared, my world stopped. And maybe that's advice, um, good advice for anyone facing something like a scary diagnosis. Don't Google it. Listen to the oncologist, listen to your healing team, listen to the treatment team, listen to the healers you have around you, naturopathic and allopathic, and move forward that way. Gosh, I wish we hadn't Googled. But she was diagnosed in October, and she is now about a third of the way through her frontline treatment. With cancer like this, it's a very intense treatment, so it's chemo and then a lot of radiation and then chemo again. We're blessed to have a wonderful allopathic oncologist and radiation oncologist and also a naturopathic oncologist who is working hand in hand with the other practitioners on her team to be sure that Kathy's uh, immune system is optimized and that we're doing everything we can to help her get through the side effects of these really intense treatments. So if you are a praying person, please keep Kathy in your prayers. You know her as my wife. You know her from hearing her on this show. You know her as the co-creator and voice of the Open Peaceful Heart meditation calls. Those are also on hiatus. We will return. But please keep Kathy in your prayers and my family. To add to the, <laughs> to add to the kind of cluster feeling of all of this, um, just as we were getting to a place of stability, just as I announced that I was bringing the podcast back on, my youngest son, who had, had been battling a sinus infection but seemed to be getting better, all of a sudden started to feel very ill, spiked a fever of 104.9. I got him to urgent care, and from there they sent us to the ER. He's got mono. And so I've got a wife uh, dealing with side effects of chemo <laughs> I've got a younger son, he's 20 now, dealing with mono. He just feels awful, but this gives him a chance to sort of live the dream of sitting in the same chair every day and playing video games while I bring him water and tea and snacks. And so it's kind of been a, a cluster of what the heck over here. So people have asked me, I've continued through this whole time to teach and um, and see clients, although my schedule is a little bit different just because of the new responsibilities I have in terms of caregiving and appointments and that kind of stuff, but I've continued to teach and to, and to see clients. And somebody asked me the other day, what are you doing? Why are you at work? How can you work through this? And 
Oh, you don't understand. Any time there's darkness, whether it's our fear or loneliness or physical illness or things not going the way we planned or sudden surprises like finding yourself spending all night in the emergency room with your son who's got a fever of 104.9, any time there's shadow, darkness, we always combat that with light. Always. There's always light. I don't mean I'm trying to pretend to be super happy. Well, that'd be insane. I'm crying and storming around and indulging my fear and then taking a breath and coming back to center. I'm not relentlessly happy. I get it. I know what's going on. And I also know that there is light. And I help create that light and benefit that light through the conversations I have with you all through the path that we share, through the laughter and the learning and the curiosity that I find when I'm teaching class and I'm connecting with people. So don't be shy about reaching out to me. I am at work. The podcast is back online. And my goal, and I know Kathy's goal is too, is to create as much light and joy and humor and learning and growth as we can, not to make the darkness go away, because it doesn't work that way, but to help counterbalance the darkness so that we don't start to think that all we can see is the shadow. So whoever you are listening, whatever you're going through, you're okay. It's going to be okay, even if there's darkness. One of the things that you can do as you sit in that darkness is see if you can strike a light. So let's take a look at questions from the listener mailbag. I put these together in my notes. I haven't really thought about them, so I'll just be answering them as the answer is given to me by my guides and through me. Um, Could you speak about the ever-changing future and the role of an intuitive in deciphering it? How can psychics stay true to their knowing, sensing, or hearing of the future, while at the same time the future is something that is always changing? That's a ah, that's a great question. So I believe that we create our futures as we live them. And the way that I see my work as an intuitive is not as someone who tells you what the future is, but as someone who using my intuitive ability, I can try to open your awareness of the potential pathways. What are some of the ways this situation could go? We always, always have free will on our path. Nobody gets to tell you what the future is. What a good intuitive will do is shine a light on those alternate paths, on the most likely outcomes. And a really good intuitive will not just shine light on those alternate paths, but can help you feel into, as you as the person who booked the session, can help you feel into which of these alternate paths holds my highest good. The challenge with predictions of the future is that it takes away, first of all, your empowerment on your own path. You're making the choice. You're creating the path. And it also shows a kind of a not understanding of the fact that our futures, as our path unfolds, it affects other people. Everybody's got free will. We're all changing things with every breath. That's that thing I always say with every breath, you can affirm a choice you made or make a different choice. That comes into play here. So yes, the future is ever changing. And if we get too caught up in like ironclad predictions of the future on June 18th, 2025, you'll try to brush your teeth, but the toothbrush will be broken and your teeth will fall out. 
if we get too caught up caught up in predictions of the future, we lose our own agency. We lose our own power. That's not why we have intuition. That's not why spirit works with us and through us. Spirit works with us and through us. We have intuition to help us see the alternate paths and to feel into those choices as we make them. How does this feel? Now I'm going down the branching path and I'll make this choice and this choice. Oh, wait, that doesn't feel right. I'll make a different choice. Intuition is about empowering. It's not about predictions or pronouncements. So that question, how can a psychic stay true to knowing, sensing, and hearing the future when we know it's always changing? Well, we stay true to that by acknowledging what our role is. An intuitive doesn't create the future for the person they're reading for. You don't create the future by looking intuitively into the future. What you can do is shine that light, open up your choices. So I hope that answers that question. So from another listener, I'm wondering, for folks who are able to communicate with those on the other side, how does that work with reincarnation? For example, if someone goes to a medium and asks to connect to a loved one who passed many years ago and they're able to establish a a connection, does that mean that soul has not reincarnated back to earth? Or is the medium communicating with the reincarnated creature or human's higher self? Um, Here's my Here's my belief about that, and I know that there are teachers teaching not what I'm about, not what I'm about to say. So with everything you hear from me, right, your mileage may vary. Listen to what I share, and then you decide. Make your own decision. The way that I understand it, and the way it's been given to me through my guides, is that when we drop our bodies and we go to be in spirit, there's work for us to do in spirit. And for some of us, the work that we do when we drop our bodies and go to be with spirit, for some of us, the work that we do may require us to come back, take new bodies and come back to earth. Most of us, I believe, reincarnate. We don't all do that on the same timeline. Of course, once we drop our bodies, chronological time doesn't exist, but we don't all do that on the same timeline. Some people drop their bodies and come back almost right away. Most of us drop our bodies, hang out in spirit for a while, and then come back. So when you go and talk to a medium and you're asking to speak with Uncle Charlie or Fluffy the cat, right, whoever it is you want to contact who's passed over, my belief is that you can make that connection with the being in spirit whether or not they have reincarnated because a part of them always belongs to spirit. And spoiler alert, a part of you always belongs to spirit while you're incarnated, while you're here in your body, in your meat suit, undergoing their school journey. A part of us is always in spirit because that's our home. And that part of us that's in spirit helps inform and shape and guide the journey that we have when we're in earth school. And that part of us that are in spirit, that is in spirit is part of what we're reconnected with when we drop our bodies and go home. So I believe that a medium can connect with someone, even someone who has taken a new body because they're speaking with that part of the person that has remained in spirit. Because spirit wants to communicate with us and they want us to understand what they're saying, if I go to talk to Uncle Charlie or Fluffy the kitten and I hear from them through the medium, that spirit will come through with the attributes that let me recognize it as Uncle Charlie or as Fluffy the kitten, even though, and we know this even when we're in bodies, even though there's much more to that being than just the identity of Uncle Charlie, just the identity of Fluffy the kitten. So, I believe a medium can connect with the 
essence of our loved one in spirit, no matter how many reincarnations they've had, no matter how long it's been since the person passed. Now, in the intuitive development classes that I teach, in as you get into the higher levels, I do do a, a, an evening a class on connecting with our loved ones in spirit. I believe all of us can do that, whether or not we consider ourselves mediums. And I used to teach that, uh, that uh, session hand in hand with a very gifted medium named Tony Sanchez. Uh, he's a former student of mine who's now gone on to work professionally as a psychic medium. Very gifted. When I teach with him, he has been quick to shut me down on that whole theory that I just, <laughs> that I just posed to you. He believes that once someone takes a new body, a medium can no longer connect with them. So there you go. Two sides to that. We, dis we disagree and we agree to disagree. But that's so two different thoughts on that. Another listener writes, I've recently had new guides come into my energy. Have you had this happen and why or what causes this? So we all have a team of guides who work with us. Some guides come in and out as we need them along our spiritual journey, along our earth school path. And some guides stick with us from the beginning to the end. The way that it's been shown to me is that we have master guides who stay with us from the moment that we incarnate until the moment that we drop our body. And then we have usually a vocation guide and sometimes a couple other guides who are with us through the whole, through the whole journey. I have had the experience of new guides showing up and it's not, it's, it's fun. It's nice to meet new guides. It, um, often signals when you become aware of new guides in your field, it often signals the beginning of new projects or the deepening of abilities that you work on, that you work on. And those new guides come into your awareness to help you understand and work on those things more deeply. So when a new guide shows up, welcome them. What causes this? Your advancement, your journey, your curiosity, your interest in your own path. That's what causes it. The way that I believe about guides, and again, just like the last question, there are people lining up to disagree with me. So your mileage may vary. But the way that I believe about guides is that all of our guides are in our field, available to us in our field at any time. From our human perspective, we experience those guides as coming in and going out because we can't keep our attention on anything, everything at once. And because our guides want to help us not be too scattered. If we were able to take a look at ourselves and see all the guides that are waiting, all the possibilities that exist, we'd go nuts and have to go lie down for a while. So when new guides come in, it's not like they're being beamed in from outer space and suddenly planted in your field. What's happening is that it's like a light coming on or someone coming out from behind a curtain. Those guides were always there. It's our awareness of them that makes them feel new. So to the listener who has new guides coming into her energy, welcome those guides, celebrate them being there and spend a little extra time with them. Welcome why are you here? How can I know you better? Anytime a new awareness or a new guide or a new being comes into your field, a new spirit comes into your field, you always want to exercise discernment too. So as you metaphorically sit down for a welcome chat with that new guide, be sure that you're holding those discernment questions. 
Does this guide resonate with me at the level my other guides resonate? Is this a high vibration guide? Does this guide show up in a way that lets me know that this is for my highest and best good? Is there anything about this guide that makes me a little nervous or a little unsettled? If something a guide does or says or the way they show up makes you nervous or unsettled, you can ask them politely to step back, to pull back their energy. That doesn't offend the guide. And if it is not really a guide, but a little bit of a trickster energy coming in, asking it to step back is going to help keep you protected from that energy. So welcome new guides as they come in. I hope that over the next however many more years you're in the body, the next 80 years you're in the body, I hope you find many more guides. There is no end to the amount of support that we get from spirit. Another listener writes, when you are intuitive and you meet someone you get a bad feeling about, how do you know when this is really a bad person and that you should steer clear of or beware of them? As opposed to just picking up on an initially negative feeling that may be just tension or hard times that they're going through. I've often wondered about this. Do your spirit guides tell you? Some people really should probably be avoided. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Some people really should probably be avoided and I would like to know how to do that. All right. Hmm. It's a good question. It's a, that's a really good question. So when you're intuitive and you meet someone you get a bad feeling about, how do you know when this is really a bad person? Although there are really bad people, they're not as common as we might believe. There are a ton of people who, for whatever reason, we are energetically unsuited to be in connection with. That's different from someone being a bad person. Really bad people, while they are certainly there, are not as common as, as, as we might be led to believe. So to answer this question, if you meet someone and you get a bad vibe about them, pull back a little bit, pull your energy back to you. A good way to do that is just to stop and take a breath and set the intention that I'm pulling my energy back to me. You can, a favorite of mine, you can bring your thumb and first finger together, makes a little circle like you're making the okay sign. That just closes your energetic channels and it the person's not going to notice what you're doing, but it just is a reminder that your energy is your own. No one and nothing is allowed in your field without your permission. That's a good thing to do if somebody's aggravating you, if you're getting frustrated, frantic, worried, stop and put that thumb and forefinger together. Bonus points, put the thumb and forefinger together on both hands. Again, nobody's going to know what you're doing, but what you're doing is something physical that helps close those energetic channels. So if you meet someone and you sense that they're not a good fit for your energy, not that they're a bad person or an evil person or a scary person, but when you meet someone, you sense that they're not a good fit for your energy, just pull your energy back to you. Take a breath, put your thumb and forefinger together, cross your arms or say, thank you, have a nice day and walk away. It isn't necessary to try to go further into that feeling of, in quotes, badness. Maybe they're just having a rough day. Maybe they're sad. Maybe they're angry. There's no need for you to go any deeper into that than, hmm, this doesn't feel like a good fit for me. I'm pulling my energy back now. I hope that that makes sense because often those of us who are empaths, and I consider myself an empath, we get curious when we feel like someone is not a good fit for us. 
wow, that person feels really angry. And this feels almost a little dangerous for me or a little sketchy. I wonder why they're feeling that way. And then we, without that other person's permission and often without their knowledge, tend to go diving into their energy. Gosh, I see they're having a bad day. Gosh, I bet they're really angry. Oh no, I can feel their pain. And as empaths, that just can spin us, especially if we're not keeping good energetic boundaries. And there's no need for that. That person in front of you, whoever that is, that receptionist, your boss at work, the person sitting next to you on the bus, they didn't give you permission to go poking around. All you need to do is follow that surface level. Oh, I don't think this is a good fit for me. And then just keep moving. Where we get in trouble as empaths, as intuitives, as compassionate, loving people in the world is that we sometimes follow that temptation to go a little bit deeper. Now, you know me, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I believe that intuition is all about curiosity, all about that is a desire to explore, all about finding the more than in our lives, right? That's why intuition is so beautifully connected to curiosity and to abundance and to fertility and to joy and to changing outcomes, expanding our vibrant path. And intuition, that gut feeling, your guides may be whispering to you, hey, stay away from that guy over there. When we follow that, when we're able to go, yeah, you know what? You're right. This doesn't feel like a good fit. I'm going to step back and resist the temptation to dig ourselves in further. That expands our intuitive awareness. It doesn't shut it down. I've taught intuitive development for a long time. And one of the things that gets students in in trouble is that they can start to think that if they say no, or if they don't explore a possibility, that will turn off their intuition, that their guides will get mad or spirit will stop talking to them. It does not work that way. When you set healthy boundaries for yourself, when you follow your intuition so that if it says, hey, stay away from that guy, you don't go closer trying to figure it out, or maybe you made a mistake, just stay away from that guy. When you follow your intuition, it opens you up to more more connections, more awareness, and I would say more chances of meeting in quotes, good people as you make your way along your path. Now that's about all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for being here. This is, re- this is really fun. I'm going to do more of these listener mailbag episodes. If you have a question that you'd like to pose to me, you can email me, karen at karenhager.com. You can shoot me a private message on Instagram. Please do follow Fog City Psychic first because otherwise I don't see those private messages. So please do follow Fog City Psychic on Instagram and shoot me a message there. You can also follow me on Facebook where I am also Fog City Psychic. I'm slipping away from Facebook a little bit and going to be focusing more of my attention on Instagram, but you can find me on Facebook. What's ahead in the coming weeks? I'm building a roster of new guests to interview, of new exciting paths that we can walk on down together. And I'm glad you're here and I hope you'll be a part of it. Thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.